I'm buying a car tomorrow and my brain has not been able to focus on anything else for days. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all Hannah talks about. <laughs> it's, it's very annoying to everybody around me, including me. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am Sophie, one of your hosts who hasn't recorded a podcast in two months, Um, but (laughs) I have a randomly generated fantasy name for today, and that name, I'm going to say it with a straight face. It's going to happen. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. (sighs) okay my name is darful potato daughter (laughs) oh my god are you are you in stardew valley are you in a a fantasy stardew valley farm i am yeah Uh, my family is mostly irish so (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) oh darful Uh. potato daughter is like she's such a jolly little character right? isn't she just like yeah. a jolly little i'm probably like a what's what's the non-trademark i'm like a halfling you yeah know, living in yeah. the off-brand shire uh, yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> what about you guys <laughs> oh man i'm gonna join you here so my name's sam however today you may call me Jestu unprecedented <laughs> wait sorry say that last name one more time unprecedented uh-huh I, it's wow. unprecedented okay so to break it down it's yep. unprecedented deves um i think it's unprecedented eves yeah oh. that would make sense again just I don't reckon the english I mean, as the person who put the words in there, I know I did that one in past tense. <laughs> Got it. Because I thought it was very funny. Unprecedented eaves. Okay. Just do unprecedented eaves. I like you my are way better. It was funnier. No, it is funnier. Unprecedented eve. <laughs> yeah. I'm in these uncertain times. Just isn't do. like isn't like just an do. eve like by nature precedenting something. <laughs> Yes, but the Eve it's well, I guess the Eve is precedented by the previous Eve. That's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this one's unprecedented, so it's the first one ever. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. The first Eve. The first Amazing. Eve. I am the first wow. Eve. I am Eve. Oh no, that would make me Lilith. The Eve of Eve is Lilith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because Lilith is the first Eve, and then Adam didn't like her, and so he cast her aside because Eve was a prettier bitch, and then Lilith became the queen of demons. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so says the many the mythology Bible. things I've read. Also the Bible. Lilith mm-hmm. was probably more interesting anyway. All she right. has a really nice personality. Um, <laughs> yeah. my, name is, <laughs> my name is Hannah, but for the purposes of today's podcast, you can call me by my other name. Which is handful breadsword. <laughs> Wait, handful or handful? Handful. <laughs> handful breadsword. You're a character oh in T. King Fisher's uh, oh. defensive guide to baking book yeah. or whatever. A wizard's guide to defensive baking. That yeah. one. 
Yeah, that's me. Handful breadsword. Oh, breadsword is such a good name. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We got a potato daughter. We got a breadsword. (laughs) And an unprecedented unprecedented Eves. Oh, I love it. Oh, what a team. What a team. (laughs) Amazing. Let's talk about the book we read, I guess. Uh huh. (laughs) So we read two more chapters of Aragon. We all definitely remember what happened last time in the book, Mm -hmm. uh, which was Aragon fought some Urgles. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Good job, Sophie. Thanks. Yeah, why don't you guys tell us what happened in the two chapters? Uh, we'll gladly tell you what happened in <laughs> abonishments. Yeah. Did I write that correctly? Yeah. Is it abonishments or admonishments? <laughs> I think it's admonishments. Admonishments. <laughs> okay, I did write it correctly. All right, chapter 19, admonishments. Aragon and Brom have defeated the Urgles, but Brom is injured. So Aragon loads him up onto Sephira and they head to make camp somewhere safer. Once settled, Aragon starts asking Brom about magic, to which Brom is a cranky pants and doesn't want to tell him much, though any sane normal person should expect a new person who discovers their magic will have a bunch of questions. (laughs) Anyways, the chapter then finishes with our three companions going to bed. Yay! Yay! Back to where we belong. In bed. (laughs) Ending a chapter with sleep. I love it. It's so good. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) All right. Well, in magic is the simplest thing. Brahm is like, dang, it's annoying that you discovered you can do magic. But yeah, all dragon riders can do magic, actually. But shit, it's a secret. Nobody knows. He says also that it's rare that a young rider would discover magic on their own somehow. Yeah. That is a fact. But Aragon has done it. So the rest of the chapter is a description of how the magic works and Aragon's first few practice sessions as he, like Luke Skywalker before him, struggles to <laughs> levitate a rock. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even I put didn't that even together. That. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh my yeah. god, I'm such a bad Star Wars fan. How dare um, I? And that's in the movies I care about. It Dang. is. Yeah. So Dang. And Hannah, you forgot the most important part. Oh, okay. They- they go to sleep at the end of that chapter. They too. do. Yes. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Several days later. But Several days they later. They do go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta end that chapter with a good old bedtime. That's the only way to end a scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of Apparently. course. We're also at the point of the book where Aragon has weird dreams that yeah. probably mean something. <laughs> yeah. He dreams yeah. about Garrow and Rorin. And promises mm-hmm. them, I guess Garrow specifically, that he's chasing down their killers. And Garrow says, what? I'm not dead. And Aragon says, yes, you are. And then Garrow turns into a monster and says, then I'm going to kill you. And <laughs> that's basically the dream. What I liked about that dream is Garrow and Roran are like, hey, can you help us fix the farm? This is, We shouldn't <laughs> be talking about the very last thing first. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and then Aragon's like, sorry, you're dead. I'm hunting your killer and like Ryan's just like I'm right here <laughs> like I'm not dead <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like ah uh, man mm-hmm. poor Rorin everyone just forgets about it <laughs> <laughs> including me apparently it's fine yeah that's okay 
One thing I want to talk about from the beginning of admonishments is Safira shows up after the battle has concluded and she is <laughs> pissed. Really what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's so mad that she wasn't there and also like kind of surprised and impressed that Aragon managed to kill Urgles without her, which is very funny. But when she lands, she's like super angry and hisses and the narration says like she keeps her wings half raised, which I... I'm sure is to signify that like she's about to you know take off and charge at any second but all I could picture was that thing owls do when they're threatened where they kind of like <laughs> flip their wings upside down and like <laughs> oh, mantle yeah. them up behind themselves so they look huge and kind of spooky I get I all poofy that, yeah. oh my yeah. god yes that's so that's what I'm picturing that's what I'm imagining Safira is doing in this instance <laughs> yeah yeah I uh wrote Safira conveniently shows up after the fact <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and not conveniently for anybody. Conveniently for the plot. Yes. Just plot convenience. That's yeah. yes. that's all that's the only kind of convenience in this book. Yeah. yeah. It's very contrived. Yeah. I just had a moment where Aragon's like right at the beginning, he's talking about like right after the fight, how he feels like he's like not in his body. And yeah. he noticed like his hands are trembling, but it doesn't seem like they're his. And I'm just like, man. All these people in fantasy times just having like traumatic dissociation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the yeah. rest of their lives. Oh my god, right? Aragon's just explicitly experiencing derealization. <laughs> and it's like, well, uh, good luck with that. You're 15 and you're going to have to just keep doing this. <laughs> Soldier on, fella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no therapy in Algazia. <laughs> yeah. Your dragon's your therapist, I guess. <laughs> She's not a very good therapist. No. She she has a very uh wild side, I would say, after reading these two chapters. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's very she's very arrogant and almost like neutral good almost if you in terms of like D&D alignments. Yeah. Where you can tell that like she has opinions about like what things are right and wrong, but you're starting to get the sense that they don't necessarily line up with human morality. Yeah. See, I would put her more as, like, neutral, I think, because the vibe I got was if there was a light and dark side of the Force in this universe, Saphira would very easily go to the dark side. Yeah, I yeah. think she wouldn't care. She would just be, yeah. she would be going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. She'd yeah. be like, oh, you guys have cookies? You guys have a rat? You guys have a horse? Oh. I almost yeah. feel like, see, I almost feel like she's lawful neutral because she okay. follows her own code. Yeah. And oh, she, like, sticks yeah. to it. Yeah, that's that's the one, yeah. I think. Yeah. Damn. Mm -hmm. Look at us. I always forget that lawful is one of the options. Yeah. Because <laughs> no one wants to be lawful anything. Everyone's like, I'm chaotic. <laughs> yeah. True chaotic, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I keep being annoyed that Safira like, says sh** to Aragon like in this scene. She's like, wow, you did so well for, like, a baby or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever she says yeah <laughs> and honestly like i was like i hate like the safira is suddenly like the older wiser mentor kind of yeah. thing but then i think i've said this before but i'm like actually her saying things like wow you did so great for a baby uh -huh. is like the most teenage thing uh -huh. a human can do so like yeah safira is definitely a teen dragon <laughs> for oh, sure. yeah yeah there's also a point, I think, in the second chapter, but it relates to this, where 
she has become like way too visible partly because she's big and partly because her scales are like so lustrous and shiny and Brahm and Aragon try to convince her <laughs> to let them like rub dirt on her scales so they're like dull and make her less visible and she <laughs> absolutely refuses it's like yeah this is like an arrogant teen dragon who like thinks she's all that <laughs> yeah my note for that is just like is dirt gonna hide the fact that she's a f***ing dragon like, no 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 like, absolutely ridiculous yeah. i guess like presumably it would make it so she doesn't glitter in the sun and catch yeah. people's eyes from like yeah. super far away yeah they're in the plains like they're yeah like, people are gonna see a dragon people are gonna see them from five kilometers away yeah whether yep. they're glittery or not uh-huh yeah, because now Safira is taller than the horses and much longer, which I thought she was already. That's okay. I also thought because <laughs> yeah. she was taller than Aragon. Yeah. Yeah. And like a 15 year old kid is like probably as tall as like a horse's shoulder, which is yeah. how I would describe horse height. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that's how you describe horse height by their shoulder height. So yeah. <laughs> if Safira's shoulder was taller than Aragon previously she's was already taller than horses yeah and i think they explicitly described her as taller than the horses before so yeah maybe maybe. he's just reiterating that point because it does say that her uh her growth rate has slowed down so maybe it's just like she was taller than the horses before and now she is still taller than the horses now she's longer now she's longer using it to say that she was bigger though so i did he just kind of like forget what he did previously maybe yeah probably i feel like his tracking system of how big safira is is probably not that great <laughs> at this point i honestly have no idea how big safira is i was trying Me to keep either. track at first and i'm yeah. like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> gone by the wayside well and brahm wraps his arm around her neck so it's like okay she's much bigger than a horse but has a much thinner neck yeah yeah I guess not a much thinner neck, but, like, her neck can't be thicker than a horse's neck. But it's also strong enough for her to lift Brahm using only her neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a mystery. So confusing. A mystery. I mean, horses are pretty strong. If you've got the neck musculature. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, a horse can eat a person, like, can't they? Yeah, because they have, like, that, their whole neck is just muscle. <laughs> so. Yeah. Good point. Anyway... Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about the magic. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just, uh, it's just a very funny section of the book at the beginning when Aragon like realizes that he can do magic. Yeah. Because he's just sort of like, oh, yeah, I can do magic. Interesting. <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he's just like, gosh, I better not do more because I don't know the limitations or whatever. And I was like, that is more mature than like 99% of magic using main characters because Uh the rest of them would have been like, let's do more fire. (laughs) Like immediately. I Uh would be like, let's do more fire. And I'm 29. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it again. Yeah. Cause he clearly hasn't connected that in this book world, whatever magic system, the idea is you say words to do magic and then it pulls energy out of you, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, if yeah. you say words for magic that's too powerful, it'll kill you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, Brahm has to tell him that. And so when Aragon makes the connection that he could do magic, he doesn't 
make that connection where he's like, oh, the reason I'm so tired is because I did magic. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's really wild that he doesn't immediately go, Brazinga again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you just learned you can do magic. That's what I would do. I would be like, let's try to get, like, that scene in, uh, I think it was the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where he, like, stands on a roof and tries to make webs. Like, yeah. that would be me if I yeah. did magic once. Oh, I would yeah. immediately go stand on a roof and just yell Brazinger into the air. <laughs> and go do magic a oh, bunch. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. Well, if I was Aragon, I would have 100% started a forest fire by accident. <laughs> right? Like, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this uh, magic language stuff, because I thought that was interesting. Just Like, yeah. it's a very, um, it feels like a very common trope, the, like, language of magic trope. Yeah. And then I realized I couldn't think of any examples except the Orisha novels by Tomi Adeyemi, where they use Yoruba as like the language of magic, which is an actual real life language, unlike this one, which is just called the ancient language, (laughs) but it's taken from like a bunch of real languages. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's in Ursula K. Le Guin's Earthsea series, and that's where Paolini got his inspiration to do the same thing here. Okay. But it's, I don't know. I always find that, like, kind of a fun mechanic that there's a language that magic specifically has to be done in. I guess, like, Harry Potter had spells, but... They all had, like, Latin derivatives, I feel. They did, yeah. I guess in the sense... I'm trying to, like, think of other examples, but my brain is going... Yeah, that's what happened to me, too. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this all over the place, and then I could only think of one example. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Darker Shade of Magic. Oh, that's true. Has the magic words, yeah. So this ancient language, Brahm explains a little bit about it. It is the language that, quote, all living things used to speak. But it was forgotten until the elves brought it back over the sea, which is like a wild linguistic etymology, but that's okay. And it's a language where the word for a thing is like the essence of the thing. Brahm explains it as like the word for fire is Brisinger or whatever. But it's not just a word for fire, it is the word for fire. And it like contains all of the essence of what fire is and <laughs> whatever that even means. Um mm-hmm. But it means that, like, knowing someone's true name in this language has, like, a bunch of power. Because if you know the word for something, then you can exert magical power over it. And, like, you use the words as focusing components, I guess. Mm-hmm. Fo- foci? Yeah. Foci? You use the words to focus your intentions. And then you don't necessarily create what you have said. Um, like, Brahm says that a true master could just say water and create something totally unrelated, like a gemstone. And you wouldn't be able to understand how he had done it, but the master would have seen the connection between water and the gem. It's like, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> so yeah, I think like language-based magic is really interesting, but it's also very interesting that this is the elf language, despite it being like also the native language of Elegasia somehow, and that it's impossible to lie in this language, which is very fun. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of language as magic. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's good. I love it every time, no matter mm-hmm. how overdone it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the elf thing, I just assume that like, I don't think, because he said it's the language that all things spoke. So I don't think it was just Allegasia. Yeah. So the elves just kept it. Yeah, I guess it's just strange to me that this language, I guess, is so basal that every living thing had it but then it got lost entirely in one place and had to be reintroduced 
I assume it's just because elves are like so long lived. Mm. Yeah. That their language doesn't change as much. Yeah. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. Like there isn't as much drift. Yeah. If you're like gonna live for hundreds of years. Yeah. And like no elf slang. The... <laughs> What's elvish for yeet? <laughs> yeah. Yeet. Yeet. It's anyone who uses it is like yeeted. Yeah, yeeted. <laughs> or wherever they live. <laughs> In a tree or something. Yeah. So this is a fun fact about me, and it's that I almost went into <laughs> linguistics instead of biology. I really like learning weird shit about languages, so I did like a little bit of a dive. <laughs> Ooh, go on. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, just like because I I love this idea of like a quote unquote like primordial language that like everything spoke. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like the original language. Sidebar: There's like I'm just gonna blow past art where it's a mercedes lackey book but they're <laughs> where like one of the characters like gets the ability to like speak with all things like all animals and everything and she's like oh shit. like oh no i'm gonna feel terrible about like having chickens and then she like goes outside and the chickens are just like hey 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 all they say is hey so it's like no different from hearing the clucks <laughs> i think that's amazing i love that that's very good. So that's sort of what I'm imagining here. Like all things speak it, but the animals, they just say hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 <laughs> so like there's the idea in linguistics. I don't know how, like I'm not. I just am interested in it sometimes. There's like the idea of like a proto-human language, like the first language that humans spoke, yeah. which I guess would be sort of what this language is in Allegasia. And I don't know. I thought it would be fun to be like, well, does the timeline kind of match up? Because the history of Allegasia is like the elves came. There's no time periods for anything. But (laughs) the two known things are that the elves returned to Allegasia in like 5000 AC, which I guess is after zero and i don't know what year zero is okay when, the, when allegasia came into existence i guess <laughs> yeah and then like after christ <laughs> you know christ <laughs> christ the the famous dwarven man the famous dragon oh christ, christ. <laughs> and then aragon current day is like eight thousand AC. okay so okay. like roughly three thousand years later yeah. And Christopher Paolini has said that the ancient language, like it's basically just Old Norse and also stuff he made up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like Old Norse was predominant in our world <laughs> from like 7 to 15 AD. What do we call it now? B- after? Uh, CE. CE, current era. Yeah, CE. Yeah, current era. Yeah. And then it turned into like the various Scandinavian languages now. Mm-hmm. So like... You know, plenty of time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but it also means that, like, Aragon probably wouldn't be speaking English. He'd probably be speaking, like, Icelandic or Norwegian or <laughs> yeah. one of the Scandinavian languages. I mean, that's fine. Otherwise, the allegation, like, old language would be Old English, not Old Norse. I mean, that would also be funny. Yeah, yeah. I did, just for fun, look up what fire <laughs> is in Old English. Okay. <laughs> so uh... we can just get a taste. It is Bale, Bael, B-A. Oh. It's like the A-E stuck together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and okay. the A is capitalized. Oh. Anyway, that 
old English thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, honestly, the only exciting thing about that fact is that it made me angry about the TV show <laughs> Once Upon a Time. Because there's a character named Balefire, which is just oh, Firefire. Yeah. <laughs> Firefire. Firefire. Does yeah. he enjoy a nice chai tea? <laughs> he must enjoy chai tea. You have to. Mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Firefire, and I like to drink tea tea. <laughs> I mean, Firefire tea tea sounds like something that came out of our uh, character generator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got a lot of characters, gotta use a generator. <laughs> yeah, just like, uh, what's this character's name gonna be? And then you put something in as a stand-in, and then it stays there, and you're like, oh no, I yeah. accidentally <laughs> named my character Firefire. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally named my book The Book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as an example, that hasn't happened to anybody on this that podcast. That hasn't happened to anybody, and nope. specifically not me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Never. not. Anyway, that was my fun language stuff. That is fun. Fun. That the is. only other thing is at one point Brahm talks the truth to a bird uh-huh. convincing it to like fly down and land on his arm and he calls it like a feather blacka yeah that's the word for it and like feather I assume just means feather and blacka in or- old Norse just means black <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> black feather come land on me I think blacka in the like Allegasia language means flapper no, even better. Flapper! Feather flapper. Yeah, because I think the word for dragon is scale flapper. <laughs> scale oh flapper. <laughs> Love that even more. It's skull blacker. <laughs> skull blacker. It's like that meme of like marine animals. And it's like, yeah. you guys are actually majestic flap flaps. That's, that's the vibe it's giving oh, me. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love, I mean, again, I'm just such a... <laughs> it's the same part of me that's like wow i would love for people to actually take evolution into account in their books me being like i would love for people to take linguistics into account in their books. oh my god i would never be able to write a book <laughs> yeah i've said this before mercedes lackey, mercedes lackey. <laughs> where there was like over the course of her trilogies you're introduced to like three different groups that later you find out are all originated from the same ancient group and they all have slightly different versions of the same language and it's so cool (laughs) was she a biologist or like what's her background that's such a good question i don't know i know she's a wildlife rehabber oh so okay so something where all the bird stuff comes from Uh yeah okay that makes sense Anyway, anyway, on the magic thing, though, what are our thoughts on how all the different magic users get or use their magic in Oh, Aragon? my God. I'm so, so glad you brought that up because I really want to talk about it. <laughs> Me too. So I'll give everyone a quick summary because I have it right here. So we have the sorcerers, which is the shades, apparently, use spirits to accomplish their will, which is totally different from Aragon's power. Totally different. <laughs> totally different. And then there's the magician whose power comes without the aid of spirits or a dragon. Mm-hmm. And then there are witches and wizards who get their powers from various potions and spells. So, yeah. and then I think the dragon rider gets it from the dragon. So you have sorcerers who use spirits, magicians who use it's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, they just have like raw magic. I guess. Okay. I guess they just have raw magic. And then. 
the witches and wizards, which I t- again, it's weird that there's magicians, which anyways, yep. <laughs> the witches and wizards get their powers from potions and spells and then dragon riders get it from their dragons. Anyways, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's. <laughs> I, just, I just love when people like put in that all of these are different things. Right. Uh-huh. Like, I just love it. <laughs> it almost at this point in the book, I get like, I know it's still fairly early in the book and very early in the series, but it almost feels like at the end, I think it's in Breaking Dawn. Uh, Stephanie Meyer makes some comment about how real werewolves exist in this world, but it's never come up. So they don't talk about it other than like a one throwaway sentence. Yeah. yeah. And she mentioned like witches one time. Yeah, and she Twilight, does. and we were like, "Yeah, what?" <laughs> yeah, it feels like that. Where it's like, "Oh yeah, also there's a sorcerer that has a different kind of magic." Okay, anyway, it's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Excuse me. Also, like, how like OP is a fucking magician? Like, oh everyone my God. else has to use, shit and then Brahms just like, or a magician who just does it. <laughs> it's like, what? They must be super powerful, right? Yeah, but then also the same thing though. It's like, how do they get it? But then it's like the wizards and witches using the potions and spells isn't them using the dragons and the language also just like a way of using spells i'm yeah. confused yeah. yeah how is a spell <laughs> different from using a word in an ancient language yeah i guess maybe it's where your magic comes from so which you use a spell to create magic as opposed to using the ancient language to control magic i guess maybe maybe Maybe. But then, how does, like, a potion fall into that? Because don't you need <laughs> magic to create a potion? And again, my potion-making skills are just kind of coming from Harry Potter here, but I'm pretty sure you have to use a bunch of ingredients and spells combined. Maybe in this world, it's just ingredients? It's yeah. like a recipe? Mm-hmm. But then couldn't anybody, couldn't anybody just be a witch or wizard then? Which... I guess falls into the same what in D and D a wizard is someone who studies a lot. Yeah. The sorcerer is the one who has the raw magic, and then the warlock has a demon, right? Yeah. yeah. But so could anyone just be a witch or wizard? I guess. I guess you so. have to find I one live to in teach that you. world. I want to yeah. live in that world. I want to be. A, I want to be a magician. That's dope. Yeah. What do you think would happen if a magician became a dragon rider? Would they get double magic? Good question. Probably. Or what if a magician becomes a shade? Well, we don't. We haven't been confirmed that the shade is actually a vampire, and we don't know how shades are made (laughs) yet. But I'm assuming a shade is a vampire. So what if a magician becomes a shade? (laughs) Well, that would be like if a, a, a. Shade is a sorcerer, and a sorcerer gets magic by summoning spirits, which like seems like you need magic to summon a spirit. But if a magician yeah. summoned a spirit, do they then become a sorcerer, or are they a magician <laughs> with a spirit? <laughs> what? Okay, I had like a super actual real question at oh. that, and okay. I was like, "Do does he mean like ghosts, or does he mean like alcohol?" Ooh. Like, I actually don't know. <laughs> oh, I definitely thought he meant ghosts. I yeah, even... I was assuming, like, demons. Yeah, that's that's what I assumed, too. I guess that makes sense. That is a good like... question, though, because it could be <laughs> just alcohol. It's true. I do love that idea. Because at the beginning of the book, 
all the magic we saw the shade do is he just like threw his hand towards the forest and then there was fire and it's like that can be done with alcohol you, yeah you don't even need oh. magic yeah. <laughs> you can just use some alcohol and a rag that's yeah. a great point like i'm just saying <laughs> I love the idea that Aragon is going around thinking that like shade or sorcerers and shades summon all of these demons, and it's just some like drunk guy going around like they <laughs> spitting be called- fireball whiskey. Yeah, they should be the magicians then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, but then also like a sentence later, Brahm is like, "You can't raise the dead; that will kill you." But like, yeah, the sorcerers are just tossing dead people around. <laughs> like what? I guess they're using ghosts, not bodies. It's not like necromancy. Right, okay. But isn't Maybe it they... still necromancy? Because you're still raising spirits. Honestly, I, I assumed that the spirits were like non-people spirits. Like, like demons, de- demons kind of thing. Something. Yeah. Mm. True. I mean, every time you say something, I'm like, you probably have a better knowledge of this series. So I'm going to believe you more. This part, I remember yeah. nothing. Okay. I'm pretty sure there's a witch that shows up at some point in one oh, of the nice. books, though. Okay. And she has a shape-shifting cat, maybe? That's fun. That's fun. Mm. Um, I, (laughs) speaking to the don't do necromancy part, Uh I, just once, I would like one of these books to, like, not just, like, immediately lean into, like, the Christian belief of, like, well, you can't reach past the veil. They're with God. (laughs) And I just want someone to be like, yeah, it's, like, super easy to bring someone back to life. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you just have to like reanimate the body. It's really easy. <laughs> so it's like, but if you it, like, it has to be right after they die or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, mm-hmm. like I just want them to be like, yeah, it's just like a physical. You just have to get everything going again. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it goes on to that whole. There's like a whole scientific theory on it on how souls have mass and like yeah like and that once when you die you lose it's like I don't remember what it is but like everyone loses the same amount of mass when they die or something. And it's like 21 grams or something. Yeah, that sounds right. And then yeah. so it's like, it would go into that theory. It's like, yeah, if you're able to catch that matter, like right when they die, you could, in theory, <laughs> reanimate them or whatever. But then <laughs> so you have to stand over a dying person <laughs> with like, like... A, an umbrella that will like catch the spirit as it raises and then yeah. you have to like siphon it back into the body. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. That, that's what your soul is. Your soul is that 22 grams of unknown matter or mass that you lose. And so to necromancy someone back, all okay. you gotta do. I, I just, I need to clarify. That's not real, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, the 21 grams, that's not real. There's been a Sawbones episode about this. It's it, it's not real. <laughs> no, it's just like one of those like conspiracy things. The reason I know it is because Dan Brown wrote a book about it. So you know, it's not oh, real. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm more was saying it in the sense of like, people have tried to science death. Yes. And so like, okay. it's going into the, like the fact that like, yeah, if you put it into a book, you okay. you get a more like realistic <laughs> yeah. or that's, that's why I brought it up sorry yeah that's what I figured you guys were saying but you both were just like yeah the 21 grams thing and I was like hold on everyone stop it's like <laughs> yeah no 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 we can't just say that's a real thing that's like that's actually fake <laughs> that yes. is true but there are people out there who yes who tried mm-hmm. to science the weight of a human soul yes. yes and that's where it comes from and it was in the Dan Brown book the lost symbol that is how I know. know about it. You know it's yes. not real because <laughs> Dan Brown. Because he takes things that are kind of 
something that someone yeah. did once and then he's like now they're real exactly yes, we've done it yes <laughs> but like you said sophie it would be very interesting to bring that more non-christian or non-religion aspect of death into like a fantasy yeah. story. because i think every religion has i don't think it's necessarily a christian thing i think every religion has True. like an after death thing like more like you're in the afterlife yeah so i feel like it's more just like a a non-religious way of dealing with death which i don't know how that would done yeah true there is like a sort of underlying belief that necromancy is bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> everyone yeah leave the dead in their afterlife yeah, it's probably don't better bring the dead back <laughs> yeah just everyone kind of agrees to not bring dead people back uh-huh. <laughs> yeah it is very that thing in particular and then also the discussion about how like the magic takes out as you out of you as much energy as you need oh, i was yeah. like yeah. this is very like full metal alchemist love equivalent oh, yeah. exchange yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't bring the dead back to life even if you create a homunculus with, like, the exact chemical composition of a body. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes you ge- just end up with a girl-dog combo. And then what oh, are you going to no. do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so human transmutation is taboo and yeah. bringing people back from the dead is that. Brom does say that, like, if you try to do that, it kills you. What if that's how it worked? Yeah, like, like the person comes back to life, but you're dead now. (laughs) It's equivalent exchange. It is equivalent. Makes sense. I'm like, usually the whole thing is you can't bring another soul without payback. So it's like, yeah, you die, but the person's back. (laughs) The soul goes into your body because it's the like alive functioning one. Their body is like decomposed or whatever by now. That would be. No, I feel like that would. No, because that would be like, oh, the toll is that they have to go back into their rotting body. Ooh. You know, that would be the But it already way. killed you, so that's the toll. No, there's two tolls. There's two tolls. I don't know. I like my idea of you just somebody die. comes back like, to life yeah. and they're like, oh, God, why am I in John? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, yeah, at least it's funny to me. Oh, it is. I'm going to spoil a book right now that I really want to talk about. I was going to say, I feel like I've read this in a book before. No. (laughs) I haven't. I I thought I was being clever. (laughs) But I can't think of the name. I feel like Sophie's inching towards a book that... Neither of you have read. Yeah. The the other part of this magic thing I wanted to talk about was... Okay, first of all, you mentioned this, but it's wild that they don't tell new riders that they can do magic. Yeah. First off. And then second off, the way they teach them to do magic is just infuriate them until they do magic. How uh-huh. f- up is that? <laughs> like, they don't... They don't even, like, he is explicitly like, yeah, we don't tell them they have magic, but then we just make them do obnoxious tasks until they start doing magic to solve it. It's like, they don't even know they can do magic. Right? It's so wild that these, like, apprentice writers can live with all of these, like, magic doing adult writers and just, like, never notice. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. Brahm is like, wow, so few riders ever learn they can do magic before we tell them. And I'm like, Brahm, you literally did magic in front of him. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's crazy. But also the way they teach them how to do magic 
is exactly the art installation, I can't help myself, that like went viral on TikTok last year of that robot that like tries to sweep the like red fluid into itself as it's like, it, it's this robotic art installation called Can't Help Myself by Sun Yuan and Peng Yu. And the whole point of it is that it has this like red fluid that is like leaking out across the floor and the robot is programmed to try to keep as much of this fluid as possible in like a predetermined area around itself but there's too much fluid (laughs) so it just constantly is like trying to sweep this fluid back towards itself and the fluid is constantly leaking out so it's like a perpetual thing it's never going to accomplish the task that it has been programmed to accomplish and apparently it has been like slowing down because it's been in existence for like five years and like the servos and stuff are slowing down. So it's like having an even harder time, like keeping up with the creep of all of this fluid outward that <laughs> like looks like blood stains, and the robot like looks all dejected. And it's like it, it, it went viral on TikTok and then it ended up on Twitter because everything ends up on Twitter. But it's exactly <laughs> the way that these people try to teach their like teenage wards how to do magic is give them an impossible task until they're so broken down that they have no other choice but to like use magic. You know what fantasy needs? Fantasy needs more therapists to tell adults that this is not okay. It's, yeah. It's such a wild way to teach someone. Like... I, I do just need to say... When I saw that art installation on Twitter, 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 Uh Twitter. I did look it up and that's not what it does. No, like it's trying to like keep the liquid within a predetermined area though, isn't it? Yeah. And it's not hydraulic fluid. Like it, no, it's not what keeps it running. Yeah. There's like a bunch of stuff going around on social media that like it needs it to keep running, but it's not, it's just trying to keep it in a specific area. Yeah, and it's supposed to be, like, about authoritarianism yeah. and border movement. Like, it's supposed to be, like, it's not for, <laughs> I don't know. I saw it on Twitter and was just like, this seems wild. And then it was like, that's not what it is at all. Like, someone just said this one time. <laughs> yeah. And that's not what it meant to be. It looks like it's trying to frantically scoop blood back into itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which right, is, okay. like, real upsetting. <laughs> yes. I don't know where it is now is the thing like it was commissioned for the Guggenheim in 2016 it was in Italy for a while I could not figure out where it is now so if anyone knows let me know oh I thought it was still at the Guggenheim it's on their website it is on their website and like maybe it went to Italy and then came back okay but I don't know I know it was in Italy in 2019 but I thought this was like a new thing because it like just popped up on social media recently and I'm like oh yeah that new art installation and then I looked it up (laughs) and it's like this thing is like six years old (laughs) it's not new (laughs) and it has nothing to do with like the human psyche no anyway it's called can't help myself it's by two chinese artists and it's more interesting than twitter makes it seem (laughs) so check that out (laughs) i mean the concept on twitter was like very interesting but that's true if that's what it had been about (laughs) yeah anyway these kids somehow never find out that they can do magic until they get frustrated into doing magic. But if you do magic wrong, it'll kill you, which seems like yeah. a really <laughs> dangerous way to teach your yeah. children how to do magic. Also, like, aren't... Okay, wait, hold on. Aren't some of the riders elves and mm-hmm. elves just speak the magic language and the elves know magic? So, like... Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm confused. Like, it makes sense that they would try to hide the fact that they have magic from the rest of the world, which Brahm says that they did. I, I don't yeah. really know how they managed that, but I guess maybe we'll find out. But to keep yeah. it secret from themselves is, like, wild. 
Yeah. Yep. It doesn't make I don't any sense. Get it. I'm sure we'll find out more. Brom mysteriously knows how to do magic somehow. Yeah. We don't know who taught him. Probably a magician. He's probably a magician. Maybe he's a sorcerer. <laughs> mm, that would be oh. fun. <laughs> I mean, he, he could be a wizard too. Maybe he's a witch. Maybe he's a witch. He, maybe he's, he's a secretly witch. making potions this whole yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> he has to use Brzinger to, yeah. to light the fire to make his potions. I also like how <laughs> we've decided that the pronunciation of the fire word is the same as the uh, prank word from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh, Bazinga? Brzinger. 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 All the same intonations. Yep. Brzinger. Definitely how Christopher Paolini intended that word to be pronounced. <laughs> I believe it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sam. Uh, yeah? How, how would you say the word the words that are used to make the stone levitate? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me about the bird one. Okay, wait. Let me... <laughs> I didn't even read that. I skipped over it. <laughs> oh, stern... The stern... <laughs> yep. Stern... No, standard... Sten... Stern, <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Stern Resia. I don't know. Sure. Me neither. It's not in any of the pronunciation guides. Yeah. Okay, so Sam probably nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. I think I would have said like Stener Risa, but like that's certainly not right either. It's definitely you're supposed to not put as much emphasis on the nr together, but I don't know how to do that. Me neither. Yeah, that's like my tongue can't <laughs> handle it. It's like. Yeah, no. That, that, Maybe that. you're supposed to roll the R's? Stenner. S- <laughs> Stenner. No. Sorry, I'm going to that again. Stenner. <laughs> I can't roll my R's. I'm Stenner. a horrible Brazilian. Yeah. Yeah, what's your excuse? <laughs> I literally have none. I am so Latin, except for the fact that I cannot roll my R's. <laughs> Alas. Damn. That means stone rise and uh if you wow. say that a stone hard enough it makes it levitate apparently though you have to dig up some kind of thing in your brain first oh yeah Ooh, there's like a very much a trope in fantasy of like people accessing like different parts of their mind or whatever and like using yeah. force that kind of thing but the way it's described in this book is so uncomfortable yeah like i oh i i don't know i did not like it yeah yeah, the way it's described is he found only thoughts and memories until he felt something different. A small bump that was a part of him and yet not of him. A warp. Excited. He <laughs> dug into it, seeking what it hid. He felt resistance, a barrier in his mind, but he knew that power lay on the other side. He tried to breach it, but it held firm before his efforts. Growing angry, Aragon drove into the barrier, ramming against it with all his might until it shattered like a thin pane of glass flooding his mind with a river of light like what's not the fuck is that yeah oh i guess it's like trying to imply that it's something that appeared yeah recently with Sephira. i guess yeah honestly i know aragon isn't a funny book so this wouldn't happen but when he said that he like felt a barrier in his mind and like kept trying to push it i was expecting Sephira to just be like stop that's me like leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> And then just hey. be like, oh, oops. Oops, <laughs> sorry. That was the wrong bump in my bu- in my brain. <laughs> in my brain. What if it's all just a brain tumor and he's imagining <laughs> everything? Oh no. <laughs> Aragon, no. <laughs> oh no, Aragon. Uh oh. It's like the uh the Pokemon theory 
that like the whole thing is just a hallucination while Ash has been in a coma after getting struck by lightning in episode one. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God. I've heard I've heard that theory. That's why he never ages and he's a, still just a kid. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the evidence is piling up. Oh man, <laughs> compelling. Okay, on the same page, there's another thing about the magic that I was just what is okay. So Brahms like teaching Aragon the ancient language or whatever it's called. And he's like, yeah, from there on, he instructed Aragon in the ancient language. <laughs> and it's like, he taught him the word Vonder for a thin straight stick and to the morning star, Idol or whatever. It's just like, what the <laughs> magic are you going to do on a star? <laughs> right? That's what I thought, yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, nah, I'm going to snuff that star out. <laughs> But Brahm also said that if you try to do magic on something that's too far away, it'll burn you out faster. Yeah. Nothing is further away than a star. Yeah. yeah. Funny. In Allegasia, stars aren't as far away, guys. They're right mm. there. They're actually yeah. just fireflies. Wow. Just multiple Sky. suns, like Tatooine. Wow. <laughs> They're really big. Yeah. <laughs> if the morning star is like you know the sun visibly the, the size of your hand in the sky then maybe yeah even that's pretty far that's still so far brahm yeah. said that if something is a league away from you you should <laughs> yeah. wait until it gets closer i feel like yeah. and i'm not like i'm not an astronomer but i feel yeah, like yeah, the yeah. sun is more than a league away <laughs> yeah maybe we should yes. check with an astronomer first mm, yeah maybe. if you're an astronomer let us know let us know tell us how far away the sun is <laughs> Can you do magic on the sun if you know can its you, true yeah. name? If you're an astronomer, please tell us. Can you do magic on the sun? <laughs> please. I guess we should maybe ask an astrologer. They might That's be qualified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they probably Good know more about magic. <laughs> oh, God. What a sign is Aragon, do you think? I don't know enough knew. about astrology to accurately guess that. I only know my own very yeah. well and my boyfriend's. That's it. <laughs> oh, I'm a Libra, which means that I don't believe in astrology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. Libras are supposed to be very balanced. That's all I know. You know You've met I me. I am so unbalanced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're actually very opposite to my father, who is also a Libra. My dad wow. is a very stereotypical Libra. He's just like very, just avoids confrontation, like very neutral in all situations. Mm. Like apparently, Libras are supposed to be like outgoing and judicious and like able to understand different perspectives. Yeah, all things that I would describe yeah. Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Hannah. I love you, but no. What you don't think that I'm like flexible and empathetic? <laughs> I mean, those are the two traits that people most associate with me is being patient and able to go with the flow. (laughs) Again, I love you, but I did work with you and I did know days that I did not approach you for help. (laughs) The subtext that they're not saying because they're nice is that I'm a terrible person to be around. (laughs) No, you're not. Not if we just follow the plan. Yes. My pitch is that Aragon is a Virgo because okay. the Virgo birthstone is a sapphire. Oh, uh, okay. It's right there, Sephira. Yep, you did it. <laughs> was born mm-hmm. to him. Okay, but now what are the what are the traits of a Virgo? I should know because I am a Virgo, <laughs> but I don't know them. 
I know Jenna Marbles is a Virgo, and she likes things to be organized and is detail-oriented. But also chaotic. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. look. I'm on Allure.com. Don't know anything about it, but I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> so, er- Virgo What astrological is- sign is Aragon? <laughs> Virgo is an Earth sign. All right, sure. so Aragon's giving me I feel me like he's got to be a vibes. fire sign, right? Because <laughs> he has a dragon? Right. Yeah. Or an air but he's sign? got lightning. Isn't his, like, I thought, no. It's oh, yeah, just his blue. fire is blue. No, that's the blue dragon we fought in D&D this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That was scary. Okay. So, Virgos are logical, practical, and systematic in their approach to life. They are perfectionists at heart and aren't afraid to improve skills through diligent and consistent practice. Virgo rules the digestive system, which makes these earth signs especially attuned to the ingredients that make up a hole in food and everything else. They are hyper aware of every detail. Sophie, this is nothing like you. Yeah. No, I am hyper aware of every detail. I was going to say, actually, yeah. And I was going to say, are you a perfectionist? Yeah, but only in the annoying ways. <laughs> you are very logical and practical and systematic. Yeah, okay. But yeah. the it was the ending part I that, that I was I would, like... Yeah, I don't know that I would describe Aragon as any of those things. I feel like practical very much. Yeah, true. I okay. don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> okay, I do like the idea that Virgos are dominated by their intestines. Do you think they're... <laughs> Has anybody done a study on, like, whether people with, like, IBS or, like, Crohn's are are mostly Virgos? Mostly Earth signs? That's just... I mean, like, I have probably the least amount of gut distress of any person that I know. So, honestly, I don't know that that tracks. So maybe you have the least because you're so aware of your intestines. Your intestines are, like, on point. I mean... I just... (laughs) <laughs> never have to think about them which honestly i'm realizing is a blessing <laughs> yeah. yeah you probably realized that through living with me haven't you <laughs> i wasn't gonna say it but <laughs> <laughs> has to be hyper aware of how much fiber lactose and sugar she consumes on a regular basis That's oh god me. <laughs> I get like one of those, you know, ketchup packet size amounts of sour cream to add to our dinner. And I'm like, I don't know if this will be worth it for Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I better check. I, I usually will take the bullet for myself. But anyways, I don't want to go into the details anyway, of my gut issues right now. need to be on the podcast. <laughs> What's happening? How did we, we get forgotten, here? We've forgotten how to podcast. Okay. I don't know, but I have a question before we... Go off to the books. Okay. So I have the map of Allegasia up. And so they started off in Carvajal. And I don't know where they are right now in relation to that. Because this map doesn't have... Uh, you, you, what was the last place they were at? Udavec or... Yazuak. Yazuak. <laughs> Yazuak. <laughs> um, anyways. But in one of the chapters, Aragon has a thing where he's like, I don't know any of the plants around here because none of them are similar I, enough yeah. to Carvajal. Yeah. And I was just like, have they moved that far? They that- have not. Okay, thank no. you. Because I was like, literally, I thought I was going crazy. I was like, they cannot have moved that far in what, like five days, six days in which the foliage and Foliage. Foliage. Oh my god. (laughs) In which the plants and animals and everything is completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are in a different biome. Like, they're not. That's what I was going to say. Well, that's what I was like, also. 
but then how small are the biomes? And then I was like, okay, well, we don't know the size of this planet. And it could be that, like, oh, if it's, yeah. See, I went, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I went on this, like, deep dive because then I was like, hey, what's the average range of a species? But then I was like, hmm, that's not necessarily accurate because it could be slightly different in soil pH and da da da. But I'm like, I really don't think they've moved that far away that he wouldn't have any idea of any of the herbs or plants growing there. Like, but they, yeah. they did, like, walk down a cliff. They like did. that took and them like, like a whole day. Prairie. They've been yeah. on a prairie for like a week. That's why I was like, okay, maybe, maybe it's justified. But I still feel like, well, in like different like elevation. Yeah. yeah, I like it seems kind of justified, but also it's like the there's got to be some plants in common. It's not like you yeah go from like Cape Breton to the South Shore of Nova Scotia and there's no I mean, grass anymore. Well, that's it, but, right? Because I'm like, but thinking- have you ever crossed from like? Ontario slash Manitoba, like prairie, like it's like an hour, and then suddenly you're in the prairies. (laughs) That that is a good point. So it could just be something like that, I guess. That's sort of what I assumed. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, it's a different biome. Like I, I can justify that. Yeah, it is sort of weird that there's no mountains, though. If you look at the map, there's mountain to the south. The spine is all mountain. Yeah, Carvajal is like in the mountains. Yeah, but I don't know where okay. Yezowek is because they didn't label Yezowek on this map. Also, this map doesn't have a scale on it, so I have no idea yeah. how big this is. So I can't guess how big their planet is. And so I don't know the size of their biomes, but I was just distressed that he knew nothing. <laughs> no, I, yes, I thought the same thing. I was okay, like, what good. the hell? How far did we go? Right? Not that far. Okay. But- you know, I guess the prairies can do that. Probably. That's true. I did yeah. forget about that Ontario Manitoba switched. It does happen yeah. very fast. It's that so is a good fast. point. But yeah. <laughs> Suddenly you're in the forest. It is a you're very like, good point. I haven't seen, seen trees for three provinces. <laughs> yeah, it's all of a sudden trees. Trees. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Anyways, but that was just what I wanted to bring up. A valid critique. <laughs> I want to propose that we uh, circle back for a minute and you guys can tell me if this is a good idea or not. Oh, look at that corporate language. I know, right? (laughs) I work in an office now. Circle back around. Circle back around. in an office? Oh, no, I work in my bedroom. I thought you worked in your bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. (laughs) I found a quiz on brainfall.com called What Zodiac Sign Am I Really? (sighs) Can we do it for Aragon? Yes! get tea it's only 10 questions it'll be fast one of them is gonna be what time of year were you, were you born and we're gonna we'll be see. like i don't f- know okay we're gonna do it you can go okay. get tea what no. role do you usually take on in your friend group the mom friend the leader the practical friend or the peacekeeper practical is practical for sure yeah, right yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. okay yeah. next breeze through this you have a major project at school or work what is your approach I stay straightforward and direct. I don't want to complicate things. Probably that one. Yeah. Uh, I try to make it as stress-free as possible and make sure anyone I'm working with feels comfortable. No. I think positively about all ideas. Absolutely not. Or I just buckle down and do the work. It could be that one. I think the first one. I think the first one. Yeah, I think the first one too. Yeah, the first one. Okay. Question three. Which of these words describes your personality best? (laughs) (laughs) Nurturing, hardworking, passionate, or diplomatic? Uh, Hardworking? Hardworking? He's not yeah. nurturing or diplomatic. He's not really not diplomatic. He's not passionate. He doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, yeah. hardworking. <laughs> okay. Your friends are fighting. What do you do? Join the fight. 
help them talk it out. I don't take sides and try to comfort them. Or I pick a side internally, but don't actually do much to get involved. I think he joins the fight. I think he right? joins the fight. I was going to say the fourth one, but I could see him joining. I could also yeah. be the, the fourth one. We can I go the when first he's one. Older, he probably does yeah. the fourth one. Yeah, yeah but right now first. he joins the fight. He's 15. You know yeah. how when your zodiac sign changes <laughs> when you turn 25? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. This one is fast and easy. Which of these weaknesses do you possess? I'm non confrontational. I have a temper. I overthink things or I'm overly sensitive. He's temper, got a temper. temper. Yeah, temper. <laughs> okay. Aragon caused a fight with something, with someone <laughs> or something, something. I guess. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Fighting? I don't fight. I was being stubborn. I snapped at them or I was overly sensitive and took something the wrong way. Stubborn. 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 Which of these strengths do you possess? I'm creative. I'm optimistic. I'm passionate or I'm compassionate. Wait, I uh, guess this time we can say he's passionate. Yeah. Or creative. Like he did make. He did figure out a way to Sephira. get hero. Yeah. I wouldn't really call him any of those to be frank, but creative's probably Creative's the... like. The yeah. closest. Close enough. We'll go with that. We can do this test again later and see if it changes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is your pet peeve? When people are unnecessarily mean, when things are overly complicated, when things are not up to my standards, or when people fight unnecessarily. Overly complicated based on this chapter, right? Like, he gets really mad about magic being hard. <laughs> but Brahm's also being, like, Brom a... gets mad at him. Br- and, like, yes, Brahm Brom is, is like, also not helping at all. No. <laughs> I mean, I would argue unnecessarily mean because he's on a revenge quest for people who were unnecessarily mean. Yeah, but murdered a bunch of people. <laughs> I feel like murder does not fall in the category of unnecessarily mean. I would argue it does. <laughs> yeah, I think my vote was the third one. Yeah, when things are not up to my standards, I can see that. Yeah, because he well, seems to like things one. a particular way. So for your being overruled. <laughs> No! <laughs> what personality trait do you find important in friends? Decisiveness, flexibility. That's the one you guys want, right? You need <laughs> yeah. your friends to be flexible. <laughs> All my friends have to be flexible. Uh, directness or empathy? Uh, and his directness. friends. Probably directness, right? Directness, yeah. 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 And last question. What are you like around new people? Sweet but a little reserved. Kind but direct. Kind of closed off or very friendly and enthusiastic. Kind of closed, Close, off. closed off. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, let's find out what zodiac sign Aragon is really. See, the problem is now we're going to have to read about whatever sign it is. I'm sure they'll go. Oh, <laughs> Aragon's true zodiac sign is Aries. He is passionate and self-assured. He's a fire sign. He is straightforward and has a temper but makes a great leader. Sure. I mean, that's the one I was going to say when we were talking about it, but it's because I only know what three of them are, and one of them is Aries. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Aries, Leo, and Scorpio are the fires. I mean, okay. I'm technically a fire sign, but I'm also mm. technically a water sign. So who knows? Uh, this so is you're why... steam. <laughs> yeah, I'm steam. I'm literally right on the day where it switches. So wow. I'm both. Yeah. So anyway, conclusion to this very long section, astrology is dumb. <laughs> Yeah, and we solved it. We but we solved it. Aragon is Aries. You know what? Now that I think about it, Saphira is probably the Virgo. That yeah. makes more sense. Mm. I'm a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> you put those words back in your mouth. Anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we're not going to just quote Jenna Marbles for the rest of this episode. It's um, just for men and Jenna. We're um, done. We're done. So, <laughs> let's talk about this. <laughs> Okay, the next two chapters, I wrote them down, are called Derrit 
and through a dragon's eye. Derrett, they mention at the end of the last chapter being like, that's the next town. <laughs> yes, it's oh, a place. I forgot so, that already. Love that. So they for go me. to the next town. I'm guessing they go to the next town. <laughs> and I'm and then I'm guessing the second chapter, there's some sort of magic where he can connect to Safira and look uh-huh. through her eyes. Yeah, that's also <laughs> yeah. what I was gonna guess. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> cool. Great. I think Easy. that's it. Amazing. Okay, now let's talk about what else we're reading. Yeah. I thought, okay, so we've alluded to it. It's been a really long time since we've recorded. Yeah. I thought it would be fun, like, maybe do some shout outs of some books we've read in the last two months, as well as what we're currently reading, just because, you know, we read a lot of books. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I'll go first. My shout outs, I think I had started reading Under the Whispering Door in the last episode. I finished it. It was incredible. And then I also read the other big one was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. I read a couple Taylor Jenkins read. Yeah, really great. But Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, really good. But then I wanted to shout out like a book that isn't super popular that I read, which was The Last Chance Library. Oh. It was like a cute little book about someone trying to save a library from, huh. you know, going out, go- going out, going under. Going under, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like a cute little book. Nice. I like that. And then uh, I'm currently reading The Seven Endless Forests by, oh man, okay, let's see if I can get this last name right. Uh, (sighs) April Genevieve Tucholk? Sure. Great. Who knows? And I guess technically I'm also reading a book for my project called Marine (laughs) Hardbottom Communities, Patterns, (laughs) Dynamics, Diversity, and Change. So, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Really exciting, and I'm definitely going to read all of it and not just the parts that are relevant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What about you guys? Oh, man. I have read 18 books since we last (laughs) recorded. So... My shout outs go to first one is called All of Us Villains by Amanda Foodie and Christine Lynn Herman. It's basically if the Hunger Game was with magic and with seven families warring over the chance to get magic. Dang. Mm. It's a bunch of morally, actually, they're not super morally gray, but it's like a bunch of teenagers like figuring their shit out and like basically leading their whole lives knowing they're going to be going into this tournament of death. So it's really interesting. I liked it. It was good. That just came out. So that is a new release for anyone interested. And then my next shout out goes to Verity by Colleen Hoover. This book is very hyped all over book talk, like all over Instagram. And it deserves all of the hype. It is wild. Like it still (laughs) keeps me up thinking about what that book pulled off. I was just like, yeah, it's wild. Read it. It's a, it's a thriller mystery romance. Like it's a very weird book. I don't even know what genre to put it into, but like, it's, it's a wild ride. And then my last shout out goes to the first book was Song of the Forever Reigns by EJ Mello, which is great. She's an indie author, self-published through Amazon. So that was the first book. And the second book is what I'm currently reading, which is Dance of the Burning Sea. The second book is about someone who has fire magic on a pirate ship and its enemies to lovers and oh, wow. just, just good right. old fantasy romance and good old banter. <laughs> Amazing. So that's great. And then the other books I'm reading are The Maidens by Alex Michelides. I said that wrong. It's a murder mystery thriller thing. It's really weird. I don't know how I feel about it yet. And then I am reading our January book, The Wolf and the Woodsman by Ava Reed. 
And that, nice. that is my, my roundup of the last two months. Hannah? All right. I have three shout outs and three books I'm currently reading in a nice parallel. I want to shout out The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by yes! Becky Chambers. Yeah, yes. which the other two have talked about before on this podcast. It's a very good like fan family sci-fi book. Mm-hmm. Also, Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. If you're on like book talk, you've seen yeah. this book everywhere. It's really cute. I still hate the cover, but the book itself is really cute. <laughs> and the main one is The Vagina Bible by Jennifer Gunter. It's a nonfiction book basically about as many things that can happen to a vagina as possible. I feel like it's a book that is like required reading for anybody who has a vagina, whether it's like one they were born with or one they had surgically created or someone who wants to have sex with a vagina. So like most people, you should be reading this book. There's good information in there for almost everybody. And then I'm currently reading one book in each format, which is kind of fun. Huh. Yeah. My audiobook is The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott. It's a Star Wars High Republic novel. And it's like, it's a Star Wars audiobook. So like, it's amazing to listen to. They're always top notch. They're like audio dramas. They have like the full sound effects and everything. It's amazing. In paper, I've been really taking like the tagline of our podcast to heart. And I've been rereading the Gemma Doyle trilogy by Libba Bray which is A Great and Terrible Beauty, Rebel Angels, and I'm currently on the third one, which is The Sweet Far Thing. And I'm enjoying it much more than I thought I would, actually. They're still quite interesting and entertaining, even as an adult. And then as an ebook, I'm reading Medusa by Jesse Burton, which is a retelling of the Medusa myth with Medusa as like a sympathetic character rather than the villain. So I'm looking forward to reading more Ooh. about that. And then soon, because it's February, we're all going to be reading Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse, which is our Midlight Book Club book of the month. So if you want to join in with us in February, give that one a try. I'm so excited. I not, Neither of you have read Trail of Lightning, right? You haven't read no. Rebecca Roanhorse yet? No. I love her other series, and I'm really excited for this one. Okay. <laughs> it ha- It's rated very well. Like People really yeah. like it. Yeah. So that's exciting. Oh, she's also written a Star Wars book, which is kind of nice. I have that one on my shelf, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah, Resistance Reborn. It's a sequel trilogy setting. Um, So if you'd like to join in on our Midlight Book Club, or if you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com and on YouTube. And Aragon speaking for all of us, pretending to be adults, but mostly Hannah, who bought her first car today. I feel as though I've been thrust into a world with strange rules that no one will explain. Oh my God, (laughs) for real though. How do you buy a car? What's insurance? (laughs) So Hannah, you need to get a void check. You need to call at least three different insurance companies. Try to find the one that gives your thing in the university alumni. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. You know. Oh, no. 